This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 1st, 2022. The Great Commission. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning here at home, wherever you might be on the road. Hopefully not watching while you're driving. Isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what a great day. Yeah. So today we're going to continue with... Um, We've been looking at some post-resurrection Jesus sightings, and today we're going to look at the one we find at the end of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. We call this the Great Commission. My name is still Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, open our ears, open our hearts to receive your word found in Matthew chapter 28. Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts. Thank you for the opportunity to share this word. Remove any distractions that might be around us so that we could have laser focus on you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, the last chapter of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. This is the end of the first book, chapter 28. begins on Easter morning with Mary, Magdalene, and it says the other Mary. They uh, come into the tomb. There was an earthquake, a severe earthquake as an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled away the stone that was covering the entrance to the tomb and and sat on it, rolled it away and sat on it. The angel whose appearance was like lightning, lightning, and whose clothes were white as snow, he told the women, do not be afraid. We hear that phrase a lot when we're around Jesus, don't we? Do not be afraid, yeah. Uh, that, that he knew what they were looking for, that they were looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He told them Jesus wasn't there. Hello, he's risen. Just as he said, that is such a key. Just as he said, they're all surprised. Just as he said, he said it, didn't he? They just didn't believe it. They were surprised. He told them, come see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of them to Galilee. And it is there that they will see him. Hmm. As they hurried to tell the disciples, as the women hurried to tell the disciples, Jesus met them, and he told them not to be afraid. Here again, do not be afraid to go and tell his bro- the brothers to go to, G- to go to Galilee, and there they would see Jesus. Our focus this morning is Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. We will be looking at this line by line. The first starting off at uh, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. And so we see we have eleven disciples. You notice it's not twelve. That's because Judas is missing. 
Judas, uh, in the previous chapter, this is chapter 28 that I read, in chapter 27, we are told that Judas was seized with remorse. That, I mean, that's a, power, that's a big word. Seized, overcome with remorse because he realized really the, what he had done to a fuller extent. And he returned the money that he made by betraying Jesus. He got 30 pieces of silver to sell his soul. He went to return the money, um, and then he went and he hanged himself. He was that full of remorse. So we have 11. And they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. It's interesting when you read through the Scripture, through, through our history with God, mountain encounters are just of the utmost importance. We find them throughout Scripture. A couple that were particularly notable was on a mountain that God called Abraham to offer his son Isaac, as his, his, the one he'd been waiting for forever, offer him as a sacrifice to God. And it was on that same mountain that God provided a ram, a substitute sacrifice, so that Isaac didn't have to be sacrificed. It was on a mountain, a mountain, Mount Ararat. Say that five times fast, Mount Ararat. Um, that Noah's Ark came to rest after that 40 days and nights of endless rain pounding down and flooding the earth. It was on a mountain that God appeared to Moses. You remember in a burning bush, some of you. That bush that was burning but didn't burn up. And, and, and God called Moses from that burning bush to lead God's people to freedom from slavery after 400 years of slavery in Egypt. It was on a mountain, Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, along with all the other rules and regulations for this newly established nation of Israel. It's going to be on the run for 40 years, and they needed some guidelines for how to do life together. It was on a mountain that they received those regulations. It was on the mountain that Jesus gave one of his most extended teachings to people known as the Sermon on the Mount. We took a look at the Beatitudes, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount, when we were in our uh, Lenten series leading up to Easter. It was on a mountain that Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transfigured, his face as white as the sun and his clothes as white as, as light. Oh my goodness, can you even imagine what was that scene on that mountain that day? It was a mountain called the Mount of Olives that Jesus went to pray the night before he was arrested. And now we have Mount Jesus on the mountain getting ready to give the disciples their assignment, their marching orders. See, mountains are really important in Scripture. In fact, we've just shared a lot of mountain scenes in the Psalms, there's a psalm that many of you are very familiar with, Psalm 121, that refers to mountains. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Some, some say hills. I lift my eyes to the hills, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth and the mountains. 
So back to today's scripture, Matthew 28, now verse 17. When they, the disciples, saw him, Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. This is the first that any of these disciples have seen Jesus since the crucifixion in this Matthew account. Now, in the previous chapter, the two Marys have a post-resurrection Jesus encounter, but this is the first that any of these uh, 11 men have contact with Jesus since he's died. And it's interesting, the reaction of these disciples. It doesn't say that they were amazed. It doesn't say they were overwhelmed. It doesn't say that they were awestruck. What it says is they saw him and they worshipped him. Wow, it's pretty simple, isn't it? They saw him and they worshipped him. But not only that, some of them doubted. That's pretty wild, isn't it? They're right there. He's right there. How do you doubt? He's right there. Uh, I don't know if we shared before. Maybe, you know, I always like to postulate. Now, what could cause that? And I, maybe, maybe our post-resurrection look is a whole lot different than our before-death look. You with me? Maybe we look a little different in our post-resurrection bodies. I, I don't know. I'm counting on it. But um, um, so maybe this guy that they've been hanging with for three years, maybe they doubt because they don't recognize, I don't know, it happened to Mary, she didn't recognize him, she saw him in the book of John's telling of this story, she saw him, she thought he was the gardener. In in Luke's telling, in chapter 24 of Luke, not not the 11, but some other followers, these two guys are walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus is right there talking with them, they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread like we're going to do later, broke the bread and had communion with them. That's when their eyes were, but they, they didn't recognize him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm, who knows? Here's what we do know. They did doubt, whatever the reason. And, and here's the funny thing. This encounter with, this, with the resurrected Jesus did not generate perfect faith in them, did it? An absolute, oh yeah. Even for those who saw it firsthand. As the New Interpreter Bible commentary shares with us, it's not angels and perfect believers with whom Jesus is going to entrust the mission, his mission, that he's going to share. And it's not with the perfect, it's not with the angelic, but to the worshiping, and here even more important, the wavering and sometimes doubting community of believers. That sounds a whole lot like you and me, doesn't it? (laughs) That sounds a whole lot like us. The less than perfect community of faith. There you go. Verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We see here that Jesus comes to the disciples. He came to them. It wasn't like, hey, come to me. It's like, He went to them, just like he comes to us. He came, born in a stable, laid in a manger, meager beginnings. He comes to his disciples. 
He comes. He doesn't wait. He doesn't, uh, he woos us. He entices us to be in that relationship with him. Jesus comes to the disciples, and this particular passage reminds us that, I mean, it's, it says, all authority in heaven has been given to me. So Jesus is God incarnate, God in the flesh. What this tells us is that Jesus is on equal footing with God the Father. He's not some sidekick. He's not an afterthought. He's not an understudy. He's not the supporting role in this uh, show. He says all authority, not some, not a little, all authority has been given. Say the word all. That's exactly right. All authority to Jesus. Hmm. And Jesus, he had shared something along these same lines with the disciples previously, way back in chapter 11 in this book of Matthew. Here's what we read, Matthew 11:27. 27. This is the New International Version. Jesus saying this, all things have been committed to me. See that? Again, all. Say all. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So, it was revealed earlier, and it's emphasized here in chapter 28, the Son is on equal footing with the Father in all authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, all authority that there is. There, there isn't anything else, is there? Heaven and earth, that's the whole shebang, right? That's it. All authority there and here has been given to Jesus Christ. And it's with that authority that the resurrected Jesus, the one who overcame death on the cross, who rose on the third day, is with this divine authority that Jesus is going to commission his disciples. Commission. Mission means something to do, right? Commission with. Commission. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing. I'm giving you your marching orders. We have a commission. When, when we started this church, we had some, some, uh, some people here who came from Cornerstone, and we had a little ceremony there to commission them, to send them forth to start this new thing called Connection. So this commission is a sending forth commission. And um, all, uh, where am I here? Yeah. Uh, so he's commissioning his followers to go out and share his word with the world. And this is the commission. Therefore, that sounds important. When somebody <laughs> says, therefore. That's a hmm. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have. What? Oh, yeah, that's not like, how about it? It's a command. Commanded you, best line ever, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so Jesus comes to his disciples. He instructs them to go out into the world, out to others, out to those who are not yet followers. And the best news is he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. He's saying to the disciples, um, go share who I am and uh, share what I've said and share what difference that makes in your life, how your life is different 
because of me. And don't just go share it. Go make disciples of others. Now, we can't, like, I, I can't look at you, Terry, and say, I make you a disciple. No way. It's God through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that quickens your heart to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and honor and worship him. But God needs me and all of you to be that vessel to say, hey, how about this? How about this person who changed my life? I was here. I was once really lost. I was found, and now this is who I am today. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. And so he was calling the disciples to do that, and then they did it, and then they did it, and then they did it, and it gets us. It's this never-ending cycle. Never-ending. Go and make disciples. Say it with me. Go and make disciples. Here's the real important part, of all nations, of all nations. See, um, you know, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament, uh, we translate the English from the Greek that it was written in. And the Greek here uh, that we translate nations is the word ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S, ethnos. And, and it generally means nations, but in the New Testament especially, it often means Gentiles, more specific a nation, Gentiles. In other words, all those who weren't Jews, all those who weren't part of the Israel nation, all the rest of the nations, non-Jew in the world. Um, and so we, we and, and the other thing is this, when we baptize, we don't baptize a nation, do we? We baptize individuals, don't we? Now, sometimes we baptize a lot of them, it can, can seem like a nation, but we've into, we're baptizing individuals. Because it's their personal commitment right, to one, Christ. Um, and, and so, uh, as such, it was important that this circle of individuals be uh, broadened beyond just the nation of Israel. It would be important that it be broadened to include each and every one, include all, all of God's children, um, in, including and especially the previously ostracized Gentiles, because for the, for the Jews, the Gentiles were those guys. They were the outsiders. They, they were not to be with us. In fact, Jesus has previously sent the, the disciples out to, to, to the, quote, world, but it was a very limited world that he sent them. We find this in Matthew 10, 5 to 8. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not, do not go among the Gentiles. The opposite of what we're reading today, isn't it? Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritan. Remember, the Samaritans were those hated guys who saw things a little different. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you proclaim this message, kingdom of heaven has come near. That's, hello, Jesus. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. And so as Alan said, here we have in Matthew 10, you know, there's this one set of teaching, and the concern was to reclaim the lost sheep of the nation of Israel, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing those with lepers, driving out demons. I mean, there's all 
all kinds of things. But now the resurrected Jesus broadens the mission to include everybody. This isn't for some. This is for everybody. And what he is saying is go. It's four things. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. Say go. Make disciples, baptize, and teach. That's our marching orders. And so, again, this is not really a suggestion at all. If we claim Christ as our Lord and Savior and we worship him, you know, worshiping is, is giving God, I mean, I feel like I want to get on my knees when I think about worship and raise my hands to honor the one who gives me life and breath in humility. And so we are to be his hands and his feet and his voice and his ears and that is our marching orders. Jesus is saying, you're an extension of me. Go. Make disciples. And the best news of this, I will be with you to the end of the age. So we can get our boldness, our, our power. It's not our power. It's the Holy Spirit power through us to do what he's asking us to do. So that's what Jesus shared with the disciples on that day as he gave them their marching orders. And so we asked to ask ourselves today, why have we spent, I don't know what it's been, 20 minutes or whatever here in worship on uh, Sunday morning at Connection Church, why have we spent, I mean, it's a nice story, and we're, Bible's important to us, and we like to study it, but you could do that in a small group, couldn't you? Yeah, so why did we cover that this morning? Why the Great Commission, by the way, that's what it's officially called, the Great, the great Sending Out, so what? Well, here's what it's got to do with you, me, here in Cyberland, wherever you might be. With the same breath, the same words, and the same passion, Jesus is commissioning us just like he's commissioned those disciples because we're disciples as well, aren't we? Because we believe in Jesus. We, we want to share that with others. That's what we're called to. So we're disciples. Yeah, we're his followers. We believe what he said and did. He didn't just commission the 11 there that day. He commissions every one of us who is his follower. Every one of us who is a believer. Every one of us who is a disciple. And just like the 11 who are on that mountain way back when, Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. To go. We can't just idly wait for them to come to us. Well, I'll go to church Sunday, they'll come. Maybe, maybe not. We got to reach out. Got to be active, not passive. That's why we do a lot of what we do here at Connection. So we're not individually, we try as a, as a church. Try, we try to reach out to the community in which we've been planted, and we've been planted here to reach out to this community. Reaching out to those, especially who aren't here. Sometimes I know the people are here, they say, what is this all about those guys out there? Some days. And if it comes down to reaching, remember the 99 and the 1? Maybe you don't. Jesus said, the, the shepherd leaves the, the 99 sheep who are here. 
to reach the one that's lost. Well, we're called to reach the one that's lost who isn't here this morning. And we got to recognize, oh, okay, it's not about me. It's about them. Trying to reach out to community, those who don't know Jesus, who are far from God, who need that saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Reaching out and making disciples so that then they can reach out and make disciples as well. So you're saying, gosh, I can't do that. I don't have any tools. I'm nervous. Well, the first thing he says to us is, do not be afraid. So, you know, there you go. It's for him to but, say. <laughs> you know, these disciples, they were in a three-year apprenticeship, and they got to see Jesus. We talked last week about we don't see Jesus in the flesh, but we see Jesus all the time. And Jesus shows us important things all the time. Uh, we, don't, we see the effects of, of this depth of his love. So that's one reason why we need to just show up to church, either online or here, and now another option on Monday night. No excuses anymore. It's, we're expanding the time. And so just show up because this is where we, we get to together as a community of faith glorify God and get filled with the Holy Spirit, which we can be filled with all the time, but to get like the fuel that we need for the week. It's really hard to get the fuel that I need for the week by myself in my kitchen. I need you guys. You, we need each other. So that's why we do Sunday, and that's why we're doing Sunday on Monday for one more opportunity that we can get fuel for the week to live out this great commission. This is why we have small groups. We are a small group church, uh, Gary Griffin, Michelle Wiseman, they're the team leads. We are getting ready to roll out a spiritual formation that sounds churchy, but how to grow spiritually through 2022. We're meeting tomorrow night. I'm so excited. We'll have Disciple Bible Study. We'll have Alpha. We'll have small home groups. This summer, George Wicks is going to teach on Revelation, people. You've been asking for it. He's going to do it. And so we are so excited because this is how we get the fuel we need to live out the Great Commission, to go and tell. And the Great Commission is in perfect alignment with our mission here at Connection Church. Connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers sounds like the Great Commission to me. That's what we're all about. And that's why we get so excited to be able to talk about that. You know, we're called individually, but we're not called to do it individually, are we? It came to me last uh, service when I asked, uh, does everybody know who the Lone, who doesn't have never heard of the Lone Ranger? Because yeah, I thought, man, I'm an old guy. Maybe some of these young guys have never, okay, the Lone, so we're not called to be Lone Rangers, are we? We're not called to be Lone Ranger. The church, you know, we talk about the church, I'm going to church. Well, the trouble is then we think of it as a building. A building's not a church, and, and individuals aren't church. Church is a community of believers. It's a community of faith, the body of Christ working together, using our spiritual gifts and our talents and each of our individual personalities, the way God wired us, wired us individually, all of us working together for the glory of God and for the building up and sharing Jesus with one another, especially those who are not here. 
especially those who are far from God, especially those who have no idea who Jesus is, why he lived, why he died, and what he means to me through eternity. Speaking of spiritual gifts, maybe you don't even know what yours are, maybe you'd like to rediscover, because I think they change sometimes. I'm still hoping for the singing gift. It's coming. It's coming. Someday, someday, Stephanie, it might be after this earth, but it's coming. Um, She's holding her head saying, please, not here. Please don't assign him on the same week I'm on. Please, not here. Um, Anyway, uh, we're having a a spiritual gifts workshop, a a Zoom workshop, 9 to noon on Saturday, May 21st. To be a part of that, all you got to do is go to our website. It'll guide you to go to this page of all your sign-ups, and boom, there you go. And so we've been talking about Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And it is really not optional for those of us who claim Christ. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. And that's what we're about as together we connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Connection Church, let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for our marching orders. Give us this holy boldness, not in a way that is um, off-putting, but a way that is loving and that shows who you are. Thank you for the opportunity to serve uh, and be a part of this church. Thank you for Holy Communion. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus and the new life. He offers.